for our local church. So come on, why don't you put your hands together for, for Denise this morning. I'll jump in there before he takes up too much of my time. Hey, look, it's so good to be with you this morning. 11 o'clock, you're looking great with that extra sleep you've had, that sleeping. Hey, um, yes, Mother's Day, how exciting. Can I encourage you? We're going to have a fantastic day. Can I encourage you to invite someone, a sister, a cousin, a mum, an auntie, a friend, someone to come along on Mother's Day because I believe that it is going to be a day where we're going to absolutely honour them and bless them. And, uh, you know, some people only come to church once in a blue moon. Let Mother's Day be that blue moon that they come and you invite them. So it's going to be a great day. Let's not miss it. Hey, look, I believe that I have a fantastic message this morning. Obviously, I'm very biased, but I believe that it's a word in season. I believe that it's a word we need right now. And the season that we've come out of, it's a word for us today that I believe that we need to grab with both hands and grip onto tight, on tightly. So before I launch into it, can I encourage you to be in a posture of expectation that God has a word for you this morning? That this is just not lip service, that this is, you know, haven't just come to be entertained, but that this morning there is fresh manna for you, there is a word for you. So as a sign of expectation, as a sign of writing down and grabbing what God has for you, can I encourage you, if you have a phone, pull out your phone and open the notes page, because I want you to have a posture ready to write it down, what God puts on your spirit. If you don't have a phone and you don't do it that way, paper and pen, which is my friend. Paper and pen. If you don't have paper and pen, there is a Jolly Connect card in front of you, and I'll let you write all over that. And there's a pen. Come on, let's posture ourselves this morning to receive something fresh from God. I'm going to get straight into it today. There's quite a bit of scripture, which I will not apologize for. Because I believe that the Word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it can do far more fancy footwork than I could ever do. Because the Spirit of God, through His Word, gets into your heart. Gets into those places that very few people can get into sometimes. So this morning, I'm going to talk about the story of David and Goliath. Don't we love that story? It is an awesome story. But before we go there, I just need to do a little bit of background so that we've got the scene set and we know what's happening. So here we go. We've got the Israelites. The Israelites are God's chosen people. Just a little history lesson here. They're God's chosen people that he rescued out of Egypt. He is madly in love with them. He said to them when he um, took them out of Egypt, he said, I've got a land for you. I've got a place for you to dwell, which is going to be yours. It is fantastic. It is full of milk and honey. It is amazing. But there is enemies there, but it's okay. It's okay. I've got a strategy. I am your commander-in-chief. We will go in. I'll tell you what to do. I'll equip you. I'll strengthen you. You will not be afraid. You will not be dismayed because I am with you. Correct? Yes. Great. So they did. They initially started many wars. One. Can I tell you, when it's you and God, you're on the winning team. But then, dun, 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 something happened. 
us, human, mankind. The Israelites decided after a period of time, oh, we think we know how this works. We're all good from here, God. We got this sorted. We've seen how you've done it in the past. We're just going to repeat that. We're all good. We'll take over from here. No problem. Don't need to bother you. Well, you know how that ended. It ended terribly. There was many lives lost. There was many wounded. They failed terribly. They were defeated again and again. And many turned their back on God, believing that he had abandoned them. But he hadn't. They had abandoned their commander-in-chief. So here we are. Fast forward. Fast, fast forward. 435 years later. We're at yet another war. It's not been going too well. We're at yet another war. And this war we have the Israelites on one side and we have the Philistines over here with this incredibly tall giant who is apparently three meters tall. Now, I reckon if I stood here and my feet were down there, he'd still be taller than me. Three meters tall, people. That's enormous. The average Israelite of those days was five foot five. And it said that his shield, the Goliath's shield, was the size of one Israelite. That's pretty intimidating. That's pretty intimidating. So the Israelites were on one side. The Philistines were on the other side. And the interesting thing is the Israelites were continuing to fight like they thought they had done in the past and won. If we just do this, if we just fight it the same way as before, we'll win. But we're now day 40 and nothing has changed and nothing has happened. Naturally, they're not winning against the Philistines, they're under a commander-in-chief at that point, King Saul, who is very self-focused, has many issues, but that's another whole story. But King Saul does not seek God for guidance, for leadership, for strategy, for weapons for this war. Enter David, our main character this morning. Now, History tells us that he was around 15 to 18 years old when he fought Goliath. That is young. That is super young. Frontal cortex. My nursing thing's coming in now. Not quite developed. Maybe that helped. I don't know. But he's around 15 to 18 years old. He loves God with all his heart. I mean, you see our teenagers out there. I think of them as teenagers loving God with all of their heart. He was a shepherd boy who worked in the fields for his dad, Jesse. And he worked day and night. And he would fight bears and lions to protect those sheep. He was the youngest of eight boys. Oh my goodness. What did that pantry look like? That, that's... Eight boys three of which were on the battlefield line. Three of his older brothers were at war. They were there facing off the Philistines. His dad, Jesse, says 
I need a report. I need to find out how the boys are getting on, what's happening with the war. So he sends David off with a McDonald's order for the brothers and some crackers and cheese for King Saul, because that's what you did apparently. You gave the king something as well. So he sends them off. He sends David off to the front line while David's there delivering the order. He witnesses what's happening. And he witnesses the taunting, which would happen morning and night, the Word of God tells us. The taunting of the Philistines, the taunting and the belittling and the intimidating words and postures of the Philistines to the Israelites. And in particular, the words of Goliath who insulted God, insulted the God of the Israelites. The word tells us that the Israelites, whenever this would happen, they were petrified. They were dismayed. You can almost feel them kind of sinking down when you read it. They were emotionally defeated, and it said they would even run with fear. You can kind of just see Goliath go, ah and they run away with fear. So David here, he's innocently but insistently turns around and says to the Israelite troops in 1 Samuel verse 26, who, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? He's saying, who, who is this dude? How dare he talk about my God like this? How dare? This boy is a man after my own heart. Because if that was me, I'd be like, mm -mm -mm. you better shut your mouth. Because no, you don't talk about my God like that. That was not how David was raised. He loved God with all his heart. This raised something within him. This raised a righteous anger, and David was disgusted that anybody would speak about his God like this. He was so indignant with the defiance that he went to King Saul and asked permission to fight this giant. Now, that's another whole story, and there's a whole lot in that, but we're not going there today. But he got a yes, you can go. Go. And he did. But you see, David didn't need to know. That day, David didn't need to know Goliath's strength because he knew God's strength. He didn't need to know how strong Goliath was. He knew how strong his God was. You see, God had helped him in the past. Whenever he came against enemies, whenever he came against wild beasts, God would equip him, God would show him, God would supernaturally empower him to deal with the enemies of that time. Whether it be a lion or a bear with his hands or with a weapon, God equipped him with a fresh strategy for every beast and every animal or any threat that would come near the flock. God equipped him. God gave him a fresh strategy. And this time, David knew that he also needed God and he needed a new strategy. 
Let's read scripture. It says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, and this is super important. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose, he chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in hand, and he approached the Philistine. Down to verse 45, David approached the Philistine. He said, you you, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin. Mm-mm-mm. But I come, I come to you in the name of the Lord. What we just sung, victories in the name. I come to you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have, buddy, insulted terribly, who you have insulted. And verse 48, 49 says that when the Philistine moved closer in order to attack, David, I love this, he didn't back off like the Israelites had out of fear. It said that he ran quickly forward towards the opposing battle line to attack the Philistine. It said then David reached into his bag with the weapon that God had give him, given him he, for the season. He took out the stone, he hurled it from his sling, and he struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into Goliath's forehead, and he fell to the ground on his face. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I pray this morning that as we talk about your word, Lord God, as we mull over your word, Lord Jesus, I pray your Holy Spirit this morning will speak to every single one of us with something fresh and something new, Lord God. Lord, I pray that not my words, but your words will be heard. Lord God, I pray today, Lord Jesus, for fresh strategy, for fresh weapons, for fresh posture, Lord Jesus, for the season we are in for every single person. Lord God, I pray today that you would cause every person to write something down directly from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good. So when David looked for the rocks, when he looked for those stones he was going to use on Goliath, he didn't just pick up any kind. You remember it said he chose. So you can just imagine him going to the river, going to the stream, and carefully picking. Mm, 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 mm. That's a good one. That's going to fly well. That's going to land well. Take that one. And you can imagine him choosing which stones. He carefully chose the right ones that would best suit the enemy that he had at hand. You see, David had no armor. He had no physical armor on him. He had no experience other than wild beasts. He had no army equipment. He didn't have a gun or a cannon or anything like that. He was not battle tested. He had never been to a war before, nor was he trained. But there's one thing that Goliath also had, that he and Goliath also had, and that was confidence. They were both super confident, super confident, but in different sources. You see, Goliath was confident in his own strength, and David was confident in God's strength. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Whose confidence do you sit with?
Are you confident in God? Or are you confident in yourself? Can I just tell you, when you're confident in yourself, it might look okay for a while, but it doesn't really end very well if you hadn't worked that out. But anyway, confidence in God. Confidence in God. And right now, I believe that we are all in a season where God would say, come into the warehouse. This is for you. Come into the warehouse and choose wisely. Pick up the right tools that you need for this season. The season you're in. Because the ones that you've had in the past, the tools that you've had in the past, will not fit this season. Neither will the ones that you may need for the future. You're in a season of now. So you need to choose wisely for now. Just like God provided David with exactly the right strategy and tools for his enemy on that day, God has also given you and I strategies and tools. But we have a choice to choose which ones we pick up, to choose which ones we grab with both hands, to choose how we will use the tools that he's given us. I want to share with you this morning some tools. I'm just going to share with you four, but there's so many more that you can use. But I believe I'm going to share with you four that you need in your shepherd's pouch. They should always be in your shepherd's pouch. Some of you have had them in your shepherd's pouch, but you've got a hole in your pocket. And so we just need to fix up the pocket and get it back in the pocket. Some of you, they're brand new. Cool. We're going to talk about some tools this morning for you and your shepherd's pouch. Four tools that if that should be at your closest reach for tools that whatever battle you're facing, will God can utilize to cause your enemies to fall flat on their face and cause your life to prosper. I hope you've got your pen and paper ready and your app open. Because come on, let's tune our ears to God. Not me. Please tune your ears to God because he wants you to pick some of these up. The first tool I would like to recommend to you to have with both hands is the word of God. If this has fallen out of your pocket, buddy, you need to pick this up. You need to pick this, this up. This is my strength. This is my source of energy, of joy. And maybe in this last season you've put this down or maybe it's not a tool that you've ever known very well or been acquainted with. Possibly you've tried it before. Maybe you found it um, boring, a little old-fashioned, not relevant. But can I tell you that's not how it's meant to be. The Word of God, that's not how it's meant to be. My Bible is never far from me. If I could carry it around like this all day, I would. I can't be without it. It has, it has been underlined. It has been highlighted. I haven't got hardly any room left to write in it, and I really need a new one, but I can't part with it. But the Word of God. You need to be madly in love with the Word of God. You see, we all need a Bible We all need a Bible where we can record, where we can document, where we can, uh, all the times that God's encouraged us, led us, guided us, given us answers, given us breakthrough. You need a Bible 
to write that in. And I know that phones and iPads and devices are great. I use them too. But you need a brick and mortar Bible. If you don't have one, it is like an old man in short shorts wearing long socks and jandals. I'm sorry, it's not okay. (laughs) Certainly in this house. Sorry if you wear that. But it's not okay. Daryl does not wear that. He is not allowed to wear that. He wouldn't dare. If you don't have a Bible today, can I encourage you? I have put piles of them on the orange connect barrels. They're bright orange. You can't miss them. Help yourself. You can't leave here without a Bible. You need a brick and mortar, a paper Bible to write in. And if you've found it boring or you've found it hard to read, can I encourage you with two things? First of all, can I encourage you straight after the service to come and see the prayer team? Why? Because in John 6, 63, it says the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Head knowledge counts for nothing when it comes to the word of God. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. You need the Holy Spirit. If it's boring, you just need the Holy Spirit. You're missing out on the biggest gift of all with the big bow. The Holy Spirit helps it to come alive. Honestly. That's all. That's what you're missing. That's a missing piece. So come and see the prayer team afterwards. They would love to pray for you in that area. The second thing is try a new Bible reading um, plan or a reading app. I have done over the last two years the Bible recap. It is fantastic. Like, oh my goodness. It's like makes the Bible like a Netflix series. And I can't wait till the next one. And sometimes I cheat and I read ahead, but it's not really cheating because it's the Bible. But anyway, I read lots and lots because it's just so exciting. It's put into this context, into today, in today's language. I'm like, oh my goodness. Sometimes you want to slap the Israelites and you realize you're just slapping yourself because, AKA, that's us. Or there's like incredible apps like First 15, or if you're into paper, um, which I love paper too, uh, there's the word for today. There's some of those on the barrels as well. Come on, equip yourself with the word of God. Get it in you because what you put in comes out. It transforms you. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It gets to you. I'm, I'm warning you. Should be a little disclaimer. It gets to your heart. It gets to your attitude. It gets to those little sticky bits. It's great. It's awesome. The Word of God. And secondly, uh, the second tool that I would love to share with you this morning that I recommend that you have in your little shepherd's pouch is prayer. Prayer. You see, many people believe that prayer goes no higher than the ceiling. It's just a pep talk. It's of no value, and it certainly does not reach the ears of a caring God. But can I tell you, that's not what my Bible tells me. In 1 Peter 3.12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. My dad hears me when I pray. My dad hears me when I pray. And listen to this. In James 5, 16, it says, Woohoo, tremendous power. Tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayers of a godly believer. Isn't that awesome? 
tremendous power. Prayer is powerful. It enriches, it enlightens, it gives us wisdom, it strengthens, it unifies, it heals, it comforts, and it transforms. Prayer transforms moments. Prayer transforms days. It transforms weeks, years, and it transforms prayer, people, transforms generations. Do you know, I firmly believe every time someone gives to their heart to their Lord, I'm like, oh, I wonder who prayed for you. <laughs> Was it a great, 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 great aunt? Granddad, maybe six generations back. Because God's word says he watches over it to make sure it does not come back void. You can't escape prayers, people. And people can't escape your prayers before God for them to meet their saviour. I also believe that private prayer is like the dressing room of our heart with like a 360 mirror all the way around. Prayer, private prayer with God is a place where you can be real. You can be undone before God. It's a precious place to be. And intimacy with God only happens when you're completely undone before him. So what is prayer, Denise? Well, it's talking and it's listening. It's talking to God just like a friend, and it's listening. How do I do it? Well, can I encourage you? If you haven't prayed before, just, just do it. Just pray either in, out loud or in your heart and mind to God. Just start talking, just like you would a friend. Maybe grow, if you don't know what to pray, you can read a verse. Just, you don't need to read a chapter. Just read a verse. Read a Proverbs. Think on it, which we call meditating. Think on it. Pray, God, what would you like me to know about this? Can you unpack this for me? And listen. Wait and listen. Because John 10, 27 says, My sheep respond to my voice, and I know who they are. God will speak to you through the word of God. He'll speak to you in your heart and in your mind. So got the word of God in our pouch. We've got prayer in our pouch. And the third weapon against the enemy is having a healthy heart, is having a healthy heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The truth is that if you're like me, our hearts get beaten up, wounded, cold, and hard through life. They do. And we get super clever at being able to build fortresses around our heart without council consent. And we're very selective at who we let that drawbridge down to. You know, I love David. I love, what I love about David is that his heart is sold out for God. If you read more into the scriptures about David, you'll find that he was a mighty man. He did incredible things for God. God even called him a man after his own heart. How incredible is that? I would love to be called that man after his own heart. But David was by no means perfect. In fact, I think that Peter Jackson has, is missing an opportunity at the moment because David would make a jolly good movie or a Netflix series. There's so much in that. You see, because David was faithful. He was humble. He was a great warrior. He could wrestle wild animals with his bare hands. He could slay the Goliath giant in a, with a single stone. He was a servant. He was a musician. He was bold, brave, skillful, anointed, strategic, and wise. Oh my goodness. But David as a man 
was also very impulsive. He was a liar, he was an adulterer, and he was a murderer. But the thing I love about David is that he was repentant. He knew what it was to be undone before God and to bring his weaknesses and his broken heart to God for healing and wholeness. And he writes in Psalm 139, search me. This is such incredible words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Wow. Point out anything in me that offends you. That's a big prayer. And lead me along the path of everlasting. I wonder, I wonder when the last time you gave God permission to cross the drawbridge and search your heart. Maybe that point is the one for you to write down today. A healthy heart. Because there is freedom when we come to God. There is healing when we come to God. And we have an incredible ministry in this church called Restore, which helps you to find inner healing in areas that you just keep. I don't know about you, but you can have in life, and I've been there, done that, you just keep hitting walls, and you're like, why can't I have breakthrough in this area? Why does this anger keep popping up? Why does this rejection keep popping up? I thought I prayed, and it's just not shifting. Sometimes we need a deeper inner healing, and we have an incredible ministry for that called Restore. You can just fill out the Connect card if you would like that, or you would like some counseling um, or any support that we can offer to help you find a healthy heart. That is our heart. That is why Jesus died on the cross, people, for you to know life and life abundantly. He says, My yoke is light and easy. A healthy heart. It doesn't need to be bruised and knotted and wounded. It can be whole. And my final stone for your pouch this morning is connection. Connection. Connection to church and connection to small groups. You see, God did not design any of us to be on our own. The truth is we all get a little bit fruity loopy when we go on our own. One degree here over time is a little bit, you know, we need to stay together. We need to come together under the word of God and worship together in the house of God. Because we can all come up with conspiracy theories. (laughs) If we're left to our own devices, I don't know how you weathered during lockdown, but oh my goodness, left to oneself. It's a bit dangerous, really. We can all come up with conspiracy theories. We can take scripture out of context, can't we? We can bend it to how we want to bend it. We can all start believing things that are so terrible, like chocolate is bad and coffee is from the devil. Like we're way off track. We need to stick together. We need to be together with people to be encouraged, to be uplifted, to have a cheerleader, to just have a laugh and have fun together. We're not meant to do life on our own. And what happens in small groups, small groups are so powerful. You see, from the outside, what might look like just a meal together or a social gathering and a prayer, I can tell you it's anything but. It's not just a social gathering. 
Hear me, David didn't set out to kill Goliath that day because he was into slaying giants, people. No, he set out to give sandwiches to his brothers and Goliath got in the way. Goliath got in the way. Can I tell you, giants are slayed in small groups. You go to enjoy a sandwich and a coffee together and a giant gets in the way of one of your church family's path. You're like, "Mm -mm -mm." that giant is going down. Giants are slayed in small groups. Battles are won in small groups. Tools are sharpened in small groups. We eat chocolate and we drink coffee and we have lots of fun together. We are stronger together. Four tools for you this morning. Come on, which one do you need to write down and grab with both hands? Or maybe it's a couple that you're like, actually, I need to sew up that hole in my pocket and I need to get that Word of God back in there. Ready, whatever the weapon is or the enemy is in that season, the prayer. I need to heal my heart because it keeps knocking me back all the time and I run in fear. I need to connect with people because I like chocolate and coffee and I love slaying giants together. Which one do you need to pick up today? Can I encourage you, if you need a hand with any of those, please fill out a Connect card. We would love to help you with that. Daryl's in my heart is that you would live life and life abundantly, strong, spiritually fit. Come on, take a step today. There's Bibles on the barrels. Help yourself. Can I pray for you this morning? Father God, I thank you for your word that is sharper than an two-edged sword. Lord God, it is living and it is active. Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the words you've spoken to people's hearts today. Lord God, I pray you give us courage and you give us boldness to step into this season, equipped with what you have for us. Lord God, I thank you that your promises are yes and amen, and I thank you that you have already won. I thank you that you have given us every tool, every strategy, Lord God. When we seek you, we find you, and you speak afresh to us for this day. God, I pray you protect the word that's laid in people's hearts today. May it grow and produce good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. awesome. Can we give uh, thank Pastor Denise for a great message this morning? Of course, so good.